0: welcome to the nascar field filler podcast check out our new website for all your news updates and episodes at nascarfieldfiller.com we have one spot left in the field so let's fill up the last row with our host vanilla wafers what's up everybody welcome to the back of the field this is vanilla wafers and thank you for tuning in to The Field Filler Podcast. We are now one week away from the first race of the NASCAR Cup Series season, and that is the preseason race, the Bush Clash. Completely different race this year. They're completely changing everything up. We have 24 different drivers who are eligible for this race. However, it's looking like that only 21 cars are going to be running in this race. So a little bit of mixed reviews. We're going to go into this a little bit more. Some of the goods, mostly the bads. And then just let you guys know who would probably be the best options to look at going into this race. Spoiler alert, it's more than likely going to be Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott. Those are really only the two good drivers here when it comes to road courses. Also, we got a bit of news here regarding both the Cup, x and Truck Series, a little bit on how they're going to be figuring out who gets to start the races and how many cars are going to be starting the races in all of those series, as well as a bit of other news that we're going to cover. So, quite an interesting day today, so let's get into it. Let's first start off with the 2021 Bush Clash. Okay, so here are the drivers who are eligible to run this race. This includes Eric Amarola, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Chris Buescher, Kurt Bush, Kyle Bush, William Byron Cole Custer, Matt DiBenedetto, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Eric Jones, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Ryan Newman, Tyler Reddick, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Martin Trex Jr. Another three drivers who are also eligible for this race are Clint Boyer, Jimmy Johnson, Matt Kenseth. However, it doesn't look like that neither of these three drivers are going to participate in this event, so instead of the 24 drivers that are eligible, more than likely we will have 21 cars. Now, One quick thing to add on here, there's going to be one driver that looks like is not going to be running with the same team that he's going to be running with this season. I'll explain it a little bit more. Ty Dillon is running with Gaunt Brothers Racing, but it sounds like it's going to be more of a part-time schedule than it is going to be a full-time schedule. And because of this, Gaunt Brothers Racing is not planning to run the Bush Clash, it sounds like. They're a low-funded team. They really don't want to take their car out on an expedition race for it to get potentially wrecked in the final laps, where it didn't really matter. So they're looking to put Ty Dillon in a different car. The car that is looking more than likely that he's going to be driving is the number 23 car for 23xi Racing. Bubble Wallace is not eligible for this race as he did not get a pole nor did he get a victory last year. So he's not included in this race. However, 23XI, a brand new form team that everyone is talking about, you know, a lot of new fans are going to be tuning into this race just to see that car. It's not going to be Bubba Wallace, even though they really want him to be running this race. That's just not going to happen. So maybe a Toyota driver such as Ty Dillon can be moved on over to this car so that it can run the pre-race. It would be honestly a smart idea for them to do this. I don't know if that's exactly what's going to happen. Maybe we will see the 96 car run in this race, but I'm more leaning towards the 23xi team. It would be really a smart decision. Now, Some of the bad things that a lot of people have been griping about this race. Let's go through it one by one. First one is regarding tradition. Now, if you're brand new to NASCAR... This Bush class used to be run on the Daytona Oval, and it's been running on there since 1979. It's been like that this whole entire time. They decided to change it since the last few races. It's been mostly a wreck fest, and owners and drivers are not really happy with the way it's set up anymore. It really has no value to them, so they decided to move it to the road course. Now, a lot of people are upset by this because they really like tradition. They're like, don't ever mess with Daytona Speed Weeks. But obviously, a lot of the owners and the drivers do not like the setup anymore. Nobody's really excited to even watch this race anymore, except if you're a fan of all the crashes. That's about it. So they had to change up something. They did not want them to go to a completely different track because, obviously, they got the Daytona duels on Thursday. They moved the Bush class this year to a Tuesday, so... A lot of people are really complaining about that, but at the same time, these are the same people who complain about tradition always getting changed, but they're also the same ones who complain when the racing's too boring or the same thing's too predictable, so it is what it is right there. That's one complaint. The second one is moving it to um, a midweek race. We tested it last year, and I got to give credit for NASCAR for giving it a try. They had to find some way to catch up on the schedule, and they finally wanted to give it that uh, test, and guess what? It didn't really work. I think their viewership was less than um, 1.0 on the Nielsen rating, which is an all-time low. It was very kind of embarrassing for the sport. So they didn't want to go that route. But they decided to do it for the preseason race, you know, the race that everyone kind of starts getting going for the Daytona 500. I don't understand why they decided to do that. And I know they said maybe to condense the schedule, but even then, it's just like, you know, these teams have been practicing all month getting ready for this race. I mean, if you make the race Saturday and this make them focus on qualifying for the whole next week, I feel like that's going to be more beneficiary for those teams. But they decided to close it up a little bit closer, so I don't, I don't really know what to say about this one. I mean, hopefully the viewership is high, but I really don't see it. If it didn't happen for regular races, I don't see it happening for an expedition race. The next one is the road course. You know, a lot of people used to say that The bush clash as well as the bud pull shootout, whatever you want to call it, was always a setup for these drivers who are in the top 20 in points, who have done really well the last couple of years, and they get the deserving to be the first ones out on the racetrack to test out the cars. Personally, I don't think this is too bad of an idea. I mean, if these guys are performing really well, I do think they should get a little award for it for the next season, and this is honestly a really good idea, Um, but this year it's not quite the same because they're not racing on the track that are going to be be running the big american race they're running on the track that they're going to be running for the second race of the season so a lot of people may not be too happy about that it almost feels like this is just a race just to throw a race in there more than just like the pre-show of what the daytona 500 is going to look like and with only 21 cars looking to be running this race on a 3.61 mile road course I don't really see it being that exciting. Yeah, we did even see it um, in summer and it already got stretched out with 40 cars on the racetrack. Imagine how it's going to be with 21. I don't know. But the one good thing that they did this year with moving it to the road course is, hey, they're showing that this year is going to be completely different, especially with uh, all the additions of the road courses where everybody's been screaming for that. Now that they finally got it, now that they're showing, hey, this now means something. Road courses mean something in the NASCAR Cup Series. And a lot of people are looking really forward to those races. Circuit of the Americas, uh, Road America, the Indianapolis Road Course. And then also the other three road courses that we've already had on the schedule for the last couple of years. Everyone's really excited for that. Now to add it on to the Bush class, kind of to show like, hey, this is now kind of the new thing in NASCAR. I, 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 I'll give them credit for that. At least they're starting to accept, embrace is the word I was looking for, uh, the changes that are going on towards the schedule, including this. So a few bads and a few goods. I think mostly we're going to determine how this race is going to be by the finish. We don't need Chase Elliott leading every single lap. That would kill this race. And then they would have to go back to the drawing board where they have to figure out what are we going to do. They don't like restrictor plate racing. They don't like uh, road course racing. What do we do now at Daytona? My hope is that there are three cars in a road course race that are very competitive in this race. I'm hoping it's someone like, let's put... Kyle Bush. We know Kyle Bush does really good at Watkins Glen. He's also had some success at Sonoma. If he does really good in this race with Chase Elliott and maybe Martin Trex Jr., that would be a good three-group combo. If not him, maybe Joey Logano. Those three guys duking it out in this race. If they all lead about one-third of the race and it's a really close finish at the end, that is a good Um, way to start off this brand new season. But they have to have people who can compete against Martin Trex Jr. and Chase Elliott. That is going to determine how good this Bush class is. If not, they will have to go back to the drawing board and maybe you guys do want him to go back to the drawing board. I don't know. I know someone like Slapshoot. If you haven't watched Slapshoes, by the way, he is a great YouTube creator for the NASCAR community. And he would like him to race on the backstretch little oval track that they used to race for the Wheeling Modified Tour. That would be really cool to see. I don't know if it worked well for NASCAR, but that could be a good add-on if they're looking to next year add a lot of short tracks to the race, which they're planning to do with California, and they're thinking about adding maybe another track like Worldwide Technology Raceway, I think is what it's called. That was another one that was talked about. Maybe they go that route. Maybe that's what you want to see. But I'm hoping that this road course works out because nobody really likes to see a brand new plan for fall flat on its face. So let's just hope that someone can compete against the top two road course drivers in NASCAR and hopefully put on a good show for the beginning of the season. A little bit of exciting news regarding the Xfinity and the Truck Series that I know a lot of us were excited for, and that is, what is the field roster going to be for those races? Well, they have decided to announce it to us. You know how on new tracks they're going to be doing qualifying and practice as well as the Daytona 500 and the championship race? So the field that are going to be for the Xfinity and the Truck Series will be 36, meaning the Truck Series will be raised up by 4. Now, races where they don't have any qualifying or anything going on, which is going to be the other 20 or so races, the field will be upgraded to 40 for each of those leagues. And I think that is a great idea. I absolutely love it. I really feel like that the x and the Truck Series can really benefit from having more slots for dro- for smaller teams to fill in. Because we've seen it in the x Series and even the Truck Series, new teams are forming. And they're not just teams that are going to be trying to make the Daytona races. These guys are wanting to run a full schedule. And I can't remember the last time we've had this many teams in all three series Forming to run full schedules it is absolutely awesome and now they have a chance um to be able to run every single race and not miss them all norm Benning racing that's a great example in the truck series that team would only run like a couple races and then would just leave because they weren't making any races which means they weren't making any profits this year after so long they're going to go back to running full time That is so awesome for us to see this happen. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, The way they're going to set it up for the Cup Series when it comes to open charters, if a race gets rained out or if they're not able to qualify or if there's too many drivers trying to enter into a race, this is how they're going to do it. The top two teams from the 2020 season who are open charters, in this case, say the Daytona 500, a perfect example, would be the number 96 team and the number 37 team, driven by Ryan Priest. They will be locked in if races get rained out or there's too many cars entered into a race and they're not going to have qualifying. So those two teams are good. The other two spots are going to be determined by what the owner points are for the 2021 season. So not only does this kind of credit the teams that ran in the 2020 season, but it also helps out the teams who are doing really good in the 2021 season. Now I do have one problem with this. For the most part, I really like it. It's a good setup for now. The one problem I have is teams that form in the middle of the season, and this does happen quite a bit. Some teams are just not able to make it for the Daytona 500, and they can't really go to Daytona, but maybe they do the West Coast Swing. If there are 41 cars and this team tries to enter, no way in hell are they going to make any of the races. It's just not going to happen unless it has a qualifying race, which I don't think the next qualifying race happens till the Bristol Dirt Race. If they even have one, I think they're going to be doing heat races instead to determine the starting lineup. So that's the only problem. This is who it really affects: is those mid-season startup teams, which don't. Which um, if you don't think that that does not happen, it has happened every single season from what I can remember. So that's the only problem I have. But other than that, it's a really good setup. It helps the teams who just started this year who are open charters. It also gives a little pat on the back to the teams who ran last year who may have not been able to get a charter or they lost their charter due to money problems, Spire Motorsports. Still mad at that. Um, I I really feel like this is a good substitute band-aid. The only one it really affects is those teams that may run a part-time schedule in the middle of the season. This is also really good news. This is regarding the Gen 7 car, the next gen machine. Are they going to be ready for the 2022 season? Turns out they're already done testing. They've gotten everything that they said they got figured out. Now they're only going to be doing mostly tire testing. That's about it. It. And they're going to unveil the cars for Chevy, Ford, and Toyota around the late spring, which I'm guessing would be around the Coca-Cola 600 is what my determination is when they're going to be showing these cars. This is very exciting. I know we've all been super excited about this next-gen car. It has a lot of different add-ons that we never thought we would see in a modern car. I know that they have the little bit of the front splitter. It's going to be popped up a little bit so that air can go underneath the car from the front end and not just through the ducts or over the top. And then they also have a few setups in the back, and they also got one nut for the tire changers, which is going to be a little bit different. I know a lot of people like the idea of five lug nuts where the pit Have to be on top of their toes, one mistake, and then their race is done. And then other people are just like, no, this is better. We don't have to always rely on pit road, yada, yada, yada. It's a lot of different things. And we're just hoping that the racing is a lot better than what the Gen 6 car had. Hopefully, we don't have to rely too much on side draft. That's the one thing I really, really hate with these Gen 6 cars because it makes it almost impossible to pass drivers in the middle of a green flag run. It's just so hard. And I hope they find a way to eliminate that with this car. Drivers have said that they've really liked it, but we haven't seen it in a full group um setup yet. I was hoping that they would maybe um, add a race where they could put those cars in. It doesn't look like that that's going to happen. But oh well. I am excited to see these cars. And I know you guys are excited to see this car. And we are just all praying right now, please, please, NASCAR gods, give us a good racing car that puts on great races that's all we're asking and while we're wrapping up the news here, let's just add on a few quick news regarding the X and the Truck Series. We have Martin Motorsports with the number 44 Chevrolet. They're returning to run a full 2021 X Series effort, as well as a family owned team, Bassett Racing. They plan to run a full X season in the number 77 car. And in the Truck Series, it looks like a team is finally going to fold um, this year, or not just run any races. I'm not too sure yet. And that's Nemco Motorsports, owned by NASCAR Veterans and Joe Nemechek they've been running since 1989 throughout the NASCAR top three divisions they are not running in the 2021 season for the truck series so that's a bit of a bummer but it is what it is Tate Fogelman returns to the Young Motorsports for the full 2021 season Roper Racing in the number 04 I do believe I talked about them in the previous episode but they are going to be running full time this year and the number 04 machine and then Tyler Hill for Timmy Hill Racing is going to be running nine races so expect to see that number 56 team return to the truck series and that will conclude today's news as well as today's episode. But before we do that, there's a few little extra things I want to add on here. We are going to add a fantasy live league for the listeners. That's right. We're going to finally do this. I've been wanting to do this for quite a long time. We just didn't do it last year since we started kind of during the pandemic, so we missed the first four races, so it was mostly just me, Mechanical Manny, and Crazy Corrado mostly going at each other in the league, but I want to add you guys onto the Fantasy League, and we just got it all set up. Right now, I'm the only one added on there. It is called NASCAR Field Fillers League. I will put it in the description if you guys want to join it. It would be a lot of fun to be able to compete against you guys. I will also include it on the website as well if you guys ever go check out NASCARfieldfiller.com to get your news or check out all our other episodes. We're also going to be adding a new page onto there. We're going to be doing awards for the year. I don't know the exact awards we're going to be doing, but we're going to do them for each and every race. We already got a sponsorship lined up for one of those awards, which I'm really excited about but we got a lot of add-ons we want to do and hopefully you guys can interact with us a little bit more now that we're doing this fantasy league and we'll talk about our fantasy picks for the daytona 500 in the next episode so thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest i have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time so i'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and i am out so you all take care this has been the field filler podcast